Hey there, Christy Lynn Hanshi, and as I say, we have a wall zebra where we can share our stories, we can talk, we can just share little tips that help you, and every now and then just have a conversation, because this time of year, it's a lonely time at, at times, and this time of year, it's also a time where we tend to overdo it, and we think that we can go back to the same old, same old that we used to. And it's not always possible. So I invited, you may hear her in the background. Are you doing scotch tape or something? What no, no, no. I opened my back door to let the dog in oh. and she didn't want to come. But now she does. So you're going to hear it one more time squeak. And I'm so sorry because oh, I no, wasn't you're okay. before. I was like, is she wrapping presents? No, 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 no. Come on in, Rosie. Come on. Okay. Sorry, everyone can now meet, meet my dog virtually. So there we go. Hey, Rosie. I was like, <laughs> sorry. Okay. Oh, no, you're fine. I was like, is she wrapping presents? Is she? <laughs> so I was trying. I was like, what in the world? So, okay. So, yeah. So pretty much what I've been doing is we've been having interviews. We've been having fun, having people on. And, you know, we tried, I, I had one interview and I was doing with the lady and we were, you know, trying to, you know, coming up with, with positive things, you know, when you can't go to the party and this, that, and the other. And you know what? we don't have these answers because sometimes it just sucks and sometimes you can't go and do things. And sometimes there just doesn't seem to be any positivity in sight. And so we're not going to sit here and just blow smoke and talk about how wonderful everything is. We're going to talk about how somebody who thinks they're sitting there doing okay and doing everything just fine, all of a sudden crashes and burns and then gets back up again how do you do it at this time of year? And what in the heck did you do? Allie Gillies, welcome to AWOL Zebra. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, <clears throat> it's an interesting time of year. Well, all year long. I mean, the reality is a lot of us will say we're doing good. A lot of us have typical good-ish days. But, you know, I try to remain positive. So I have good days. And I have uh, lower back issues. Um, my... Uh, C6 and C7 in my neck are fused, but that's not from a surgery. They found out my facet joints are fused just genetically. My 17-year-old has the same problem. We both have issues with our necks, postural issues, uh, pain. I have pain in my hands, so on and so forth. If I thought about all the things I can't do, I'd be very miserable. But I don't do that. I remain positive. I have a good relationship with my chiropractor. I go see Dr. Vijay Patel in Mount Prospect, Illinois. If anyone needs a good chiropractor in Illinois, he's really great. And I go there and I get adjustments. And uh, typically once a year, after I've neglected my exercises, after I think I'm doing better than I am, I throw my back out again. And I go back there and he says, oh my, have you been doing your exercises? And I said, well, yes, but I stopped him like two months ago. Why'd you stop them? Because I don't have time to do 30 minutes of exercises a day. Well, guess what? It takes longer to recover from a situation that when you throw it out your back than it does to just do the darn exercises every single day. So long story short, typical me, about six weeks ago, I bent over to pick up a piece of clothing off the floor. Not a difficult task, not a heavy object, nothing. I went to get back up again. My back went out and I went, oh, no. And then I thought to myself, when was the last time I did my exercises? Oh, yeah, August. That's about right. So, unfortunately, my uh, chiropractor was at a convention. I went and saw a different chiropractor hoping that they would know what they were doing. Um, and sadly, um, I think they did the right thing had they known me. But it 
caused my back to go into a severe spasm. And then I had to go home barely able to walk. Like John picked me up from the appointment. We, my, we had to leave my car there. It was a long, horrible thing. But I came home and I said, okay, what would Dr. VJ do? I would use the TENS unit. I would do all these exercises. He sent me a message and said, do these exercises. So got back on, we, we call it being the floor spirit at my house when you get on the floor and do all your exercises. So I, I made with the floor spirit and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And so the first, you know, couple of weeks, you're doing it 20 minutes twice a day um, and so on and so forth. And I was using the TENS unit all the time, which I got from the chiropractor. You can buy them over the counter. That's not a prescription item. Um, and then I took magnesium and other things that would reduce my, um, basically uh, reduce the muscle spasms. Right. Right. And six weeks later, as of like two weeks ago, I am back to my normal goodish, which is great. Like I'm happy. I'm not in pain. I'm good. Um, every single day I wake up, my feet hurt. Every single day I wake up, my hip hurts. I do those basic little stretches every day. But now I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do this every year. I'm going to A, keep my wellness chiropractic appointment once a month, which I also stop doing once I feel better, which is dumb. And I'm going to stop losing six weeks out of every single year. Cause every single year it happens. It doesn't always happen the same time of year, but this year it, it was in you know October, early November. Um, so my thing is we all relapse, right? But how can we prevent those? I know better. I know that if I get down on the floor and do my stretches and, and my pelvic tilts and my hip flexor exercises and my hamstring stretches, I will be in a better situation. So I'm going to commit, <laughs> we'll see. Um, but I'm hoping that I will commit to be able to do this so that I don't end up, you know, going back all the time. I'd rather just, you know, spend my $41 a month, which is what one appointment costs, because uh, it's not covered by insurance if you do wellness visits, which is fine. Um, <clears throat> but 41 bucks a month and the insurance that I'm checking in and saying, hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing my exercises. Um, you know, let's keep this good thing going. I think it's just important. And I think that applies to so many things. I mean, like, I know you like to exercise and do things and sometimes you do too much and then you end up, you know, relapsing. We all relapse, but what can we do to live our best life? And yeah, it's going to take a little extra work. Maybe we need 30 minutes a day to stretch. In the grand scheme of things, it's not that much time. Do you feel that... I mean, it's going to forever be a part of your, your daily life. I think so. I mean, like, for example, my 17-year-old who is still growing uh, sees the physical therapist every Friday. They are a senior in high school. They're going to go to college. And then literally yesterday was like, Mom, you got to find me a physical therapist wherever I go to college because I'm going to have to do it once a week. And I'm going, what the hell? But the reality is it's what keeps them safe. Now, for them, it's, it's, they see the chiropractor once a month and they see the physical therapist weekly. Maybe we see Dr. VJ when, you know, every break and they'll be close enough that we could technically like do like probably every like six to eight weeks, which is better than nothing. Um, and maybe I have to find a physical therapist within walking distance of wherever they go. If they end up going to the school, I think they're going to go to, we could probably manage that, but it's, it's like, uh, it's like a way to maintain your ability to do things. The teenager does it so they can do the musical. If they weren't in the musical doing dance that they shouldn't be doing because they're bendy and they twist things and they break things, not break things, but they, you know, break, quote unquote, like hurt themselves. Um, they wouldn't need physical therapy every single week, but they want to do their their loves and their passions. And so they do. And for me, 
I like to do my own laundry, like to like to do a vacuum now and again. Not that I vacuum all the time. I don't. I have a cleaning lady for that. But, you know, got a new vacuum. I was pretty excited about the other day and I vacuumed it. It was thrilling. Um, you know, but I can't do that. I cannot clean certain things. I can't reach certain things. Today, I literally just like 20 minutes ago got up on a particularly tall and scary ladder and put up a uh, Christmas wreath on the garage. Did I have to ask my husband to do it? Oh, no, no, because I felt okay. And I only feel okay because yesterday... I went to the freaking chiropractor. So I think it's important to prioritize. For example, we all prioritize, I would imagine anyway, our diets. And I don't mean like a diet, like lose weight diet. I mean like a healthy lifestyle. Like generally speaking, we're not eating at McDonald's every day, right? So we are choosing foods to nourish our body. There's no difference in chiropractic care, mental health care, whatever. For the longest time, I saw a therapist weekly. I don't have to anymore, but you know, if I need a tune-up, Marianne Tomlinson uh, is available, and that's great. And I think it's so important to be able to take care of your mental and physical health when you have a chronic health condition because you can get depressed because I can't do what I used to do. You can be in pain, which is overwhelming. You may not be able to work the full-time job you used to be able to work. You might have to go on disability. You might have to, you know... Uh, be lucky like I am and have a husband that earns enough and you can say, okay, what can I do to contribute by saving money or budgeting or, you know, doing stupid surveys on target and getting 10 bucks here and 10 bucks there. You do what you got to do. But I think we all do the best we can with the, with the cards we're dealt, but it's so important to focus on our health and well-being because I mean, it's a stupid saying, but like happy wife, happy life, happy, happy person happy rest of the humans in your life. It's just the way it is. No, you're exactly right. And the thing is, though, is that what about, you know, there's individuals out there, you know, like I, I'm still trying to get acclimated, you know, getting back out and, you know, walking into a store. Sure. A big thing for me, like, you know, Chris is like, every time we walk into a store, he's like, you're a little kid. And I'm like, but it's been so long since I've been able to walk in and see Christmas decorations and, right, you know, play with the things that make noise and, and things like that. You want to get out and about and do things. But what about the individuals that they haven't found what works for them yet like you have? So I would say, it. so I began this journey, <clears throat> at least to try to figure out what was going on with me when I was, I believe I was 37. I was having um, unusual, they termed them hot flashes, but it wasn't menopause yet at 37. I was having like um, flushing and itching of my legs and arms when I would walk, like go for like a walk around the block. Um, and it was a histamine reaction. It ended up being um, like uh, MCAS symptoms, but I've never been diagnosed with that. But let's just go with that as an allergic response. It was a histamine thing. And I take antihistamine oh, daily and that stops it. You have all of your allergies, young lady. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm allergic to everything. But what that prompted was seeing the doctor, seeing the allergist, getting allergy shots. And then my I, I, I wanted to learn how to knit. So I knit like little hats for the kids when they were babies, but they weren't very good. I mean, like, you know, if I, if I missed a stitch and got a hole, guess what? A flower suddenly appeared on the hat because <laughs> I, I, did, I, I was not a good knitter, but it was, it was relaxing. Right. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so I made was, I was making like a crooked blanket and, um, I knit 
usually for like 30, 45 minutes, but this particular evening I knit for like three hours. When I was done, I could not unbend my fingers from the knitting position. And I was like, what the hell is going on? So I went to a orthopedic doctor, no arthritis, they took x-rays, went to a rheumatologist. I went to all these doctors on and on and on and on, like primary care. And then I got sent to rheumatology, got sent to orthopedic, everybody. My hands were swollen the whole nine yards. And they're like, you have an autoimmune condition with no known diagnosis. Have a good day. Well, now flash forward to 2021 when Aaron and I got diagnosed with hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and the geneticist says, well, I suspect we in the genetics community suspect that this is an autoimmune condition, meaning it's a gene that gets triggered and becomes an autoimmune thing. And I said, oh, that's interesting. She goes, we don't have the scientific proof yet. Hopefully in the next 20 years we'll know, but this is what I suspect. So she said, that probably explains all my autoimmune stuff that I've had my whole life. I said, okay, fine. So meanwhile, between 37 and however old I was in 2021, subtract a couple of years, like 47, 48, something like that. Um, I had to try different things. I did not find a chiropractor until 2017. So I would go to physical therapy. I, I, I would throw, you know, you know, have you ever heard the expression like throwing spaghetti against the wall and, until it sticks? I think if you haven't found what works for you, you need to try safe and easy things, meaning don't do anything that hurts. That was the biggest tip that Dr. Jones, the geneticist at Rush Hospital told me. So for example, Google on YouTube, simple, gentle yoga. Now, if the first move hurts, don't do it. If the second one doesn't hurt, do that. If you are able to walk around the block, do it. If you can't walk around the block, but you can exit your house and walk to the sidewalk and walk back to your house or sit on the front porch, I think the main thing is don't get stuck in your reality because your reality is only yours and the rest of the world doesn't care. And as much as that sounds cruel, I don't mean your family. I don't mean your friends, none of that. And sometimes I do, but the real world, the whole big bad world doesn't give a crap if you're sitting at home feeling sorry for yourself. So I would suggest. Start small. Get outside every single day, even if that means you are literally walking on your front steps and sitting in a chair and letting the sun hit on you. I don't care if it's 20 degrees or 100 degrees. 10 minutes, get outside, okay? If you are able to, say you can't walk very far, but you can ride in one of those scooter thingy mahoosies at the store. I don't care if you buy anything. Go to your local grocery store with your husband, your cousin, your neighbor, whoever, and drive it around the store, just, just one lap around and then get back in the car and go home. Once you leave your own stuff at home, you get out of your own head. Movement is key. It, it is a change of scenery. I don't care if you get in the car and you drive around the block and you see someone's Christmas decorations at night, or you drive to a park and you sit there, don't even get out of the car, open up your windows, breathe some fresh air and drive back home. You'll be shocked what a change of perspective will do for you. No, no, I do totally agree. But I will tell you, because I do know, because I get some messages from, from individuals, and I also know where where I have been. And two years ago, it would have been the most miserable experience for me to be lugged out of the vehicle, put into the truck, so I could go ride and, look at a celebration in life there are sure. with this illness that it does knock us down to the point 
that it hurts to have the sheets touch our legs because the pain can be so bad. Right. Sometimes it's just that I'm breaking up the hard questions here, Allie, because I'm. No, it it, it makes sense. I mean, the reality of the situation is we all have different circumstances, right? right? I know some people, I was on a page one time and, and it had not occurred to me, this was early on in the journey. When I said something about, you know, get out and do things and blah, blah, blah. And the other person was like, you have no idea how, I, how, how bad my case is. And I was like, I don't. And, and this is the thing. So let's pretend or not even pretend. There are people, like you said, that are, that are bed bound. So if you're bed bound, then I encourage you to reach out by telephone or text or email and get out of your own self by doing that. Listen to an audiobook where it takes you to to a journey to Mars or it takes you to the Bahamas or it takes you to a beach or it takes you lessons in chemistry is an excellent audiobook If you want and a good one um, with individuals talking. No, right. No, but you're no, but you're right. But that's how we met. And that's the thing. Right. So, so that's another thing. Cause that's what I wanted to bring up because there, there, there are those people, there were, there would be times that I would be lying in bed and all of a sudden it would hit me that, I've been in this bed for 22 hours and then right. it hit me that, oh my gosh, I'm having a hard time breathing and I'm lying down flat. Oh no, I don't care what it does to my body, but I have got to get out of this bed and I grabbed the crutches and I struggled, but I did everything I could just to get to the friggin' front porch to breathe in fresh air. Right. It gets that bad when you- Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Are stuck in the bed so and, and I bring that up because I know for a fact that you and I have both been there because I don't oh yeah sit there and be like oh well she's talking about this and she's got somebody coming clean no 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 I, I was I was so for example I homeschooled my kids for a different reason for health reasons for um for the youngest from I think it was 2011 until 2017. Right. And it was, it wasn't because I wanted to stop in 2016. I was debilitated to the point where I was couch bound, so to say, meaning I got out of bed and I made it downstairs and I monitored the chaos of the children. And we used to go to the museum once a week, various museums. We used to go to the park once a week and we went to the library two or three times a week. And then we stayed home and did the homeschooling stuff, which was very loosey goosey, but the meaning it wasn't a lot of physical activity for me, but I did all those exterior field trippy type things, right? I couldn't do them anymore. And so my kids came to me and said, we want to still homeschool, but not like this. And if you can't do this, we're going to join the local public schools so we can get the heck out of the house because we don't, we never did school at home. We, we did activities and, and enrichment things and, and whatnot. And I cried and said, okay, go to school. I facilitated them going and dropped them off in 2017 and they went off to school. Now that fall was when the teenager who now we know, or they weren't a teenager, they were 11 at the time, but the 11 year old at the time, now 17, um, was, I think they went to school for like six or eight weeks, maybe, maybe not even that long. I think it was a very short time. And they were at home petting the dog. They went to go get up, their hip dislocated, popped back in the socket. It led to three months of being in a wheelchair and every doctor at major hospitals in Chicago telling my kid that they were lying and faking it. We went to so many different people. They never did an MRI with a, with dye. They always did it without dye and said, the, the hip socket's fine. There's not extra fluid, yada, yada, yada. And I said, guys, 
the hip, I saw it fly out of the socket. I saw it fly back in. I guarantee you the nerves in there because the kid's foot's tingly. Something is ne neurologically wrong with them. Neurologist was like, you're crazy. Orthopedic says I'm crazy, whatever. That's how I met Dr. Patel is that his wife, Jolie, also homeschooled her kids. And we were in the same um, Arlington Heights, uh, Illinois house uh, homeschooling group. And she uh, called me or texted me and said, my, I don't know if you know this. My husband's a chiropractor. Do me a favor. I made you a 345 appointment. I don't care if you want to come, you're coming. Bring the kid in the wheelchair and let's see what's going on. The kid limped out of the appointment. Okay. Because it was the nerve, in fact, stuck in the socket. They pulled the hip out of the socket, massaged something and shoved it back in. The kid didn't even like feel that much pain and poof, they could feel their foot again and poof, they could walk. So I feel like in this situation, like for me, that was the impetus of me getting help for myself because I'd been at this point. At, so 2016 was when I stopped doing things with the kids. I went on gabapentin. I was essentially a vegetable. And the doctor was like, what are you on? And I'm like, gabapentin for the pain and, and the excessive itch I'm having and blah, blah, blah. And he said, that's usually from a cervical nerve issue. Would you let me adjust you? And I'm like, yeah, right. <clears throat> but I just saw my kid get adjusted. So I'm like, okay, fine. So he booked me in. That was my first like six weeks of exercises. It was physical therapy, um, chiropractic adjustments three times a week. And all of a sudden the itch that even on gabapentin, I felt from the top of my head tingled all the way down my arms. And it was just like, so itchy. You want to take a knife to remove your skin kind of itchy. Yeah. Um, and the gabapentin just calmed it down. It went away. 18 months later, I was off because it, it took me a long time to wean off the amount of gabapentin I was on. I was off gabapentin and I was doing my, my monthly chiropractic. And that's when it all started in 2017. So I kind of forget when I had those bad times when I was couch bound and, and essentially bed bound. I just made, like I said, made it down the stairs and, and lived on the couch. So yes, I, I can relate to, to that. Do I ever want to go back to that? No, but there's times, you know, no, you're, you're exactly right. And there are times and what I love about you is the fact that your revelation with the chiropractor, like my revelation with the fascia blasters and finding, exactly. and finding those. So we all find the modalities that work for us. And I, I'm telling you, I, I couldn't, I did this. I spoke about it on the podcast the other day, but I have been trying to get to this pain in my left groin area, I call it the groin area, but the part where your thigh connects to your hip and your pelvis. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's, like it's your hip flexor area and that whole joint yeah. location. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've seen mat specialists. I've done everything trying to get to it. Well, finally, we're able to get to it the other day, and I sat there, and it was the point as it was being ripped off of the bone, and it was the it was the most excruciating pain, but the fact that I have not had that pain since, and it's taken me years to get to it, it was kind of like, it was a modality that put me through the ringer, that's caused me a lot of anguish. You know what I've been through, working with the fasciologist and going weekly and how much it's cost me but it has been something that has given me my life back. Do you feel that way about the, 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 the path that you're going down now? Like, like right now, I, my treatment <clears throat> to finish up with the fascia stuff and to continue with it, 
but take care of the immediate stuff that keeps me in pain and keeps me from being able to walk and then doing maintenance with like massages and things like that. Are you at the point where you have what's going to work for you or are you still looking for this? Cause you even, you know, bought some fascia blasters and did that. Are you always going to be seeking out different modalities or are you just stuck on what you're doing? Cause you don't, you, you don't seem complacent about anything as far as I'm concerned. So are you, you know, constantly looking for, for other things so that you can go away from the regimen that you're on? Or do you think this is just what's going to be forever? Are you there? Did I lose you? Did I put you to sleep? Allie? Can, can you hear me? <laughs> yes, I can hear you now. I was like, oh my gosh, I put her to sleep. <clears throat> no, no, not at all. Um, okay, so this is what I think. <clears throat> I am at a point where I know monthly chiropractic adjustments keep me in check, okay? I know that... The fascia blasting, which is interesting because I I brought the tools in and showed my chiropractor and he was like, this is what I've been doing on your back. But he used a slight, it was the same nubby things, but it was a different brand. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> he had been doing that because every time I would get a deep one in my back or my hip or my thigh or wherever the 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 tightness was, he he was doing that. Um, <clears throat> he was just doing it with, with a different tool. One second, I just got to take a sip of drinks on hold. Oh, no, go right ahead. So <clears throat> the interesting bit is for me, so the fascia blaster, for example, this morning, yesterday morning, I did it on Aaron's neck. Um, I do it on, on my back. I have, I do it on John's neck. Um, you know, I use the, I use those tools at home. I use the tens unit at home. I use uh, heat a lot. Oftentimes in the summertime, I have my heated seat on cause it helps my back. Um, I do my lower back exercises and if I maintain and do those things on a continuous basis, and I mean daily, then I am living my best life, which does not mean it is a hundred percent. Okay. It just means that I have accepted that this is where I'm at. I, in the past year hired someone to clean my house. So I'm not dislocating my shoulder when I clean the toilet. Okay. Um, can I use my new vacuum? Yes, but that's because it's auto you know, like, like, it's like, I just kind of guide it and it goes on its own. So I can do that. But my previous one, I couldn't do it all. Um, I can walk, but that's because I keep walking. If I stop walking, I'm stuck to back to, I can get out the door, then I can get around the block and so on and so forth. If I go around the block every single day, twice a day, then I can walk around target. For example, like I did this morning, <clears throat> I am constantly making sure that I am doing the right thing. Now, the next challenge, because this is my challenge, is I have been struggling swallowing. So I would lo love to update you after next week, which I probably won't know for a week after that. But prior to Christmas, I will find out if my swallowing muscles work. I'm getting a fluoroscopy, swallowing study, drinking barium. I am not looking forward to it. it I have canceled that appointment three times because I don't want to drink the stinking barium. Wait a second. Well, what? Because I, I've been dealing. Let's talk about swallowing. What? what yes. What's going on with the, the. So I go and eat 
let's pretend it's regular wheat pasta, plain with butter. I can, it, it, four or five pieces of, of farfalle pasta, you can just feel them st- like, like backed up on the highway in my, in my esophagus. I have to force them through the pipe, through the sphincter with a, a chug of water. If I eat buttered gluten-free pasta, do not have that problem. Now, let's switch to the gluten-free pasta and add tomato sauce. I can't swallow that. Um, so I was talking to the doctor and they're doing this more of a technicality to rule out that my swallowing muscles work because they think that despite the fact that I've seen an allergist forever and I don't have food allergies per se, I have, I'm allergic to every single pollen on the planet. So I have what's called oral allergy syndrome, which means without allergies, if I had never taken allergy shots, I couldn't eat raw vegetables. Now I can eat most raw vegetables okay, or I can put, if I coat them in a sauce, they kind of glide down. But there's an occasion where I'll eat like an apple or a banana or um, whatever it is. And the inside of my mouth will get what I call prickly. There's a reaction of some kind. So the doctor said the most common thing associated with swallowing difficulty, if you go gluten-free, because wheat's the number one. So she's like, if gluten-free pasta was just plain, and it's not butter, I use soy-free butter, but it's like dairy-free butter, whatever. But if I can eat that or gluten-free bread and I can swallow, then avoid wheat. So I'm avoiding wheat, going gluten-free, fine. The second one is um, nightshades. Who knew? Nightshades are all my favorite things. Tomatoes, potatoes, um, eggplant. Uh, and bell peppers and chili pepper and all the things that I love and adore. Because um, I'm freaking Italian. Hello. Um, but that's okay. When we she said. Met, when we first met, I remember you were sharing some recipes and peppers. And you were talking about peppers and things. I love them. Gosh. So, so check this out. If I have, and that explains why, because she's basically like asking me when I choke and she's like, if you can have the quinoa pasta baked in tomato sauce and you choke, but you have the quinoa pasta with basil pesto, which has nuts and all sorts of things that allergic people are allergic to. And that glides on down. She goes, honey, it's the nightshades. Why nightshades? I don't know. But you know what nightshades do? They friggin' cause inflammation. And my, my father is coming back to haunt me from the grave because my dad used to walk around the town of Swampscott where I grew up, Massachusetts, by the ocean. And he would be pulling out plants right, left, and sideways. And this is what he would say. Those are toxic nightshades. I'm, I'm removing them from the planet. This is the same man that also grew up Italian and ate tomatoes. But who else, who else that I know, <clears throat> my father, would choke on freaking food that was wheat and tomato-based? my dad. So I'm thinking that if I get rid of the nightshades, which I actually found a no tomato tomato sauce, meaning it's no night, it's nightshade free. You make it with carrots and beets and onions. Who knew? Um, I'm going to try it because I I can't live without tomato sauce, but I can live, I can create my own. But the point of the matter is if this is what's causing my issues, which again, I will find out by the end of December, um, I can eat again because it's so scary to sit there with food in your mouth and you're chewing and all of a sudden you realize it has nowhere to go because your esophagus is full. And then when I guzzle the water to push it down, it doesn't just go down like 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 painless. It's like someone is stabbing me in the chest and twisting as it goes through the whatever. And you got to bear in mind too, my father had Barrett's esophagus, which was a thickening at the bottom. I don't have that. But 
I have a hiatal hernia, which is a thickening at the bottom or, or issue that the food has to go like kind of like bouncing through or stretching to get it, to get it through. So that is a normal meaning I have EDS. So the doctor was like, you would normally get surgery for your hiatal hernia, but since you have EDS, I'm not doing surgery because it'll make it worse and you don't want a, a feeding tube. And I'm like, oh my God, no. But she's like, if we can figure out why <coughs> you're choking when you eat, she said, it's dietary. She goes, ideally, you should go dairy-free, soy-free, gluten-free, and uh, nightshade-free. And she goes, and if you do that, you can eat whatever you want. Well, then I go, what the hell can I eat? But the reality is, I can eat a lot of things. So what... So pretty, so pretty much is you're you're eating and you're it's, it's essentially you feel like your throat's closing up. Kind of, sort of. I just feel like I can't, like like the food is backing up. So imagine like uh, like like a uh, a hose that's your esophagus that's getting stuffed with food, but it's never going out of it at the bottom, which is where it's into your stomach, and it just backs up. And the only thing that pushes it down is if I drink and glug water. It kind of like forces the forces it down the pipe, um, but that only happens if I'm eating the the foods that seem to be the triggers. If I eat, oh I don't know, uh, rice, soup, uh, anything that's gluten, dairy, soy, and nightshade free, which are a lot of the things I eat normally, which is kind of shocking. Um, it's totally fine. I can eat a bowl full of carrots and and and. And Kite Hill Dairy Free Dip and go to town and no issues at all. But if I go ahead and try to throw in uh, a piece of regular bread or a regular wheat cracker, all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I can't swallow. And I have to chug it down. Wow. So it's just, just, uh, wow. That, because I, I was, I've often wondered if, others have problems because when I, when I, when I go to eat, it does feel like sometimes certain foods, it feels like don't want to go down as easily as it feels like, but I just, I wonder if that's something that's, that is common with us because of our, our, our necks maybe. I mean, I'm thinking uh, well, no, so think of it this way. Your esophagus is connective tissue. It is all connective uh, tissue. And if your connective tissue is inflamed from an autoimmune uh, condition, AKA EDS, it's, it's, it's always inflamed. And it, it gets inflamed by things that cause your body to react. So allergens slash, I guess the proper way to put it is food intolerances. Um, if you are intolerant to nightshades because they cause inflammation in your soft tissue, which is your esophagus, then you should not eat them. Um, apparently if I get rid of nightshades, my hand pain will go away and the swelling. I was like, no shit, really? She's like, yeah. She goes, all your arthritic issues, which are, which have been proven to not be arthritis. She goes, will go away if you stop eating nightshades. She goes, nightshades are the, some of the most toxic foods on the planet. I was like, what? And not toxic in the sense that like you're going to die from them. But apparently, it causes incredible inflammation, and I had no idea. I I never I've never heard of that myself. I've never heard of that. But that's just something else about this illness that gets me that other people wouldn't you wouldn't think of would be a problem. 
<laughs> right. Because you just, that, that you wouldn't think of, but you're having to break it all the way down to what you eat to the point that it's not so much gluten-free or, I mean, it's, it, yours is being broken down to, I mean, nightshades that's that's well it's so interesting so 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 my my 17 year old is dating uh uh somebody who has um gluten dairy and soy uh and nut allergies so i've been shifting to cooking like that because they're over a lot to eat so that's fine and i've managed very very well however i do a lot of like pasta bakes and it's got the tomato sauce come to find out her mom is uh can't eat nightshades either So I'm like, ooh, I'll have to pick this woman's brain because she likes to cook and stuff like that. But like when I found that no-mado sauce, so it's like beets and onions and carrots and garlic and basil and all the things that you would put in a tomato sauce, but not, you know, it's like the, the, the beets make it red because it mixes with the color orange of the carrots. And then you make it very savory tasting with the spices. A lot of your flavor is the spices. So I'm thinking to myself, if I can figure out a tomato sauce that I can make, that's not tomato sauce, um, a nightshade free pasta sauce, then I can make a dish that I could even like if her mom, whatever, you know, cause lately the kids are in drama. So I send home dinner with, with, um, with, with the kids and, uh, cause I like to cook anyway. Um, and I'm like, Ooh, if I made something without nightshades, then, then their mom could, could eat it too. So, um, the reality of the situation is I am going to solve this problem for myself because I like to eat too much to not eat what I want to eat. So, you know, and that doesn't mean I'm going to eat the things I shouldn't eat. It just means I'm going to find a creative way to make it taste good. For example, dairy for the longest time, I was like, I drank ripple milk, which is great in cereal, but now it's so expensive. Um, oat milk works for me. Um, I can cook with oat milk. I can make a creamy, um, well, up till now, tomato sauce with uh, that tastes like you put cheese in it, but I put oat milk and I and I put um, other things. I found a really great dairy-free Parmesan cheese. I have no idea how they make it out of cornstarch and coconut oil and golly knows what else, but it's safe and it friggin' melts and it tastes good. It doesn't taste nasty. Um, so like I can find solutions. I found a dairy-free, soy-free butter. It's the only thing I use. And, and it's, it's a Target brand. And there's one at Trader Joe's. And they're they're good. I can make cookies with those. I can make, I use King Arthur gluten-free flour. I can bake with that. I make pancakes every single Saturday and have made gluten-free pancakes forever. I just didn't keep the rest of my life gluten-free. And now I'm like, you know what? It's, it's my, my sister-in-law has been gluten-free for at least a decade and I'm like, oh, I just have to suck it up and do it because she's doing it for, for joint pain or some sort of issues with her back. And I'm like, you know what? I need to do it to reduce inflammation. If you get rid of gluten and you get rid of the things that are, inf- you do an inflammation um, diet, an anti-inflammation diet, which is gets rid of nightshades as well. It, it, maybe this is the answer I'm looking for to be have less pain. I still don't think I'm going to ever be 100%, but I don't think I've been 100% my entire life. Like as a child, I experienced issues like this. So I don't think I've ever experienced the like I'm athletic and super amazing and can do all the things, but it would be nice to wake up and put my feet on the floor and not go, oh, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, it, and you bring up something too that, you know, because it's like my quest, because I, I, you know, I keep, I was telling Chris, you know, this is the year of Christmas and I'm going to finish in October. I'm going to get to these adhesions. Well, then, it kept getting extended, but I kept 
setting myself back with doing like doing a PT exercise and then it messed me up. So then I had to stop. And once I just dedicated myself doing the one thing, which was working on my fascia, I, I slowly started realizing these are getting better. And my question is at what point, because honestly, after my appointment on Monday, when I came as bad as it felt, the doctors told me this is the most pain you ever have for the rest of your life. Right. You are right now. It's never going to right. get any better. This is the pain that you will have for the rest of your life. I could stop and I could walk away. I feel like I finally have reached my goal with the fascial adhesions. The thing is, I know there's just a few more. And I'm like, if I can just get rid of those few more, then I feel like I'm ready to take on the next part of this illness, which is the maintenance part, which is maintaining it. Right, right. Do you feel like you need to stop working on one thing so you can feel like you're living a normal life so you and I hate to say that living a normal life to where you don't feel like it's an inconvenience to do those few exercises to stretch to give I I think I just have to make it part of my routine and if I make it part of my routine it won't seem like it's extra because what I've been doing is I'll get the kids ready for school I'll I'll get people where they need to be I come home I go to the grocery store I sit down and I write and then it's like 1230 after I've had lunch and I'm like, Oh, I should do my exercises. Then I go, I can't lay down right after I ate. ate. So then it's two o'clock and I say, Oh crap, I got to go pick up Megan. And I do 10 minutes of them. And then I do another 10 minutes in the afternoon and I do another 10 minutes at night. I really need to just wake up 30 minutes ahead of time and wake up, go to the bathroom, lay down on my bedroom floor, do the exercises and get going. And if I can do that, which is what I did for the six weeks to recover, but I stopped doing it in the morning because I just, I don't know, whatever, that's me. Um, But I need to get back to that. And if that just becomes my morning routine, then I think that I would always have to do it, even when I'm 90. Because I have known, I I don't even know how to pronounce it, the ankylosis spondylitis, whatever, in my lower back. I have that. Spondylitis, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't have any arthritis in my hands, which are my big issues. I just have crappy hands. Um, but if I do those exercises in the morning and that keeps my back in check, which is the thing that knocks me out for six weeks every single year, whether it be spring, summer, fall, winter, once a year it happens. Um, <clears throat> and then sometimes twice a year, it's always fun. Um, if I can do that and then do my monthly chiropractor appointments, which I honestly think will be forever. Um, and then if I can fix the swallowing issue, then I think I just have to make these things part of my routine. You know what I mean? Like, like the fourth Tuesday of the month is when I'm going to go see the chiropractor at seven, you know, six o'clock at night. It's 20 minutes over there, 20 minutes back, 10 minutes at the appointment. It's not that, it's not that much time in my life. I think I just have to make it a priority. I can sure as heck volunteer for every organization on the planet, but yet I cannot get this crap done for myself. What does that mean? It means that I need to prioritize me. And I do, I don't think that there will be any maintenance free mode. I think that, I think I'm in maintenance mode and I think that the maintenance mode even includes relapses where again, I had this issue this fall and and maybe next year I'll have an issue too. But 
I think I have to always do this. I think it just has to be part of my life, and I don't think that there's ever going to be less. If anything, there's going to be more because you get older and naturally you age and naturally things things start to go. And, you know, maybe they don't have to go if I do my 25 wall push-ups a day and I do my hip flexor stretches and I continue to walk. You know, I don't care if it's wintertime. I'll, I'll go over to the mall and walk the mall. I haven't done that yet, but I, I should. Um, you know, I like I walked Target today and I walked around an extra lap just so that I would get more steps in because I need to move. If I stop moving, I will not move. You know what I mean? No, 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 definitely. And I mean, and and that's the thing. I mean, I, I think I'm just at the point because I know that me working on my fascia for the past two years, I know that every time I try putting new modality, I set myself back. But I'm so desperate to try to get. A little bit of help. You're like, okay, if I can just add this to it, this might get better, and perhaps maybe I'll be up and running faster. But instead, it kind of puts you in the flare. And I feel like this time of year is probably the easiest way to is is about the best time that we're going to have setbacks. Those of us, right? Because you're not self-care or right you know i mean i i think a, a key for this time of year you know thanksgiving christmas new year's is to delegate and manage and you know if you're a, if you're a big person that that hosts the holidays then you're going to ask people to bring stuff and you're going to make one dish and if you're a person that likes to give gifts you're going to suggest if to say you have a big family and maybe the people are getting older, you're going to say, hey, what if we up the, say normally it's 20 bucks per person or whatever it is. Um, let's up it to 100 bucks and we'll do a secret Santa. So I'm only buying one present. There's got to be ways to modify. And if other people don't like it, too freaking bad. Because you don't have to give a gift to everyone. You don't have to wrap presents. You don't have to give presents. You don't have to do any of that. You can modify what you do. If you usually put up three Christmas trees, put up one. If you usually make sugar cookies and you make 10 dozen, make one dozen. If you, you know, like traditions are important, right? So if your family normally goes and picks out a tree, then then do that if that's something that's meaningful to you and you can do it and it's not going to take you out for a week. Do the things that tax you the least and can still keep things festive for you and your family. Now, let's say, for example, you're bed bound, but you still want that tree. See if the neighbor who's going to the tree farm anyway can grab you one. See if your son and husband can go get it. See if your son and friends can come over and have a Christmas decorating party. You don't have to do anything. You just got to let go of control. If you as a human, like me, for example, I'm a super control freak. But let's just say I have another relapse because I hurt my back doing something stupid before Christmas and the tree hasn't been decorated yet. I will have my kids invite their friends over. And they can make their own cocoa and they can decorate the tree. Will it be the way I decorated it? Absolutely not. Will it freak me out slightly? Yes. But will it get decorated? Yes. Because if I can't do it, it's got to get done. And you have to be able to allow other people to help you, even if that means you politely ask and say, hey, I'm not doing so hot. And I know the holidays are coming. So let's just say you're a single parent and you have two little kids. You talk to your neighbor and say, would you mind coming over and help me decorate the tree? I really am not up to it this year. 
They say, sure. If, for example, you have, um, you know, uh, you're married and you have kids and you can't do it, then you tell your spouse who's maybe never decorated a tree before in their life because maybe you're the person that does it all the time. Ask them, hey, can you do this? Even if they don't do it the quote unquote right way, the way you do it, you got to let it go. I don't sometimes can't have the energy to cook dinner. My husband will make something. Sometimes he'll get takeout. Sometimes he'll get takeout that I do not like. But guess what? I don't care. Because if I didn't have to do it, it tastes better than if I had to do it. Or I just eat something that I like myself and you know, cereal even. And 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 the kids and, and John will be happy. You have to allow things to be different than what you're used to. And you also have to remember that in the grand scheme of things, your family is going to be far happier if you are able to participate in the family than if you go out of your way to say host a, you know, Thanksgiving, which we already had. But, um, you know, if you hosted Thanksgiving and then now you're in bed for the next week or if you thought you normally host Christmas Eve, maybe you don't host it at all. Maybe you say, I'm not up to it. Could we have it at Aunt Sally's house and you attend or you just stay home? The reality is we have to allow for change. And, you know, that's that's the one thing that's really hard when when you have this illness. And, you know, we, we talk about the the fact that it's an invisible illness. And then, you know, we've spoken about this before, you know, just in private conversations. I mean, there are tons of episodes, episodes we could have about how important your pets are to you, episodes about accepting this illness episodes about how do you explain to your friends that don't have it uh how do you explain to your employer and the big one that we could do over and over and over is how do you convince yourself that it's okay not to put up the six foot tree right you know that i mean I, i think it's i think it's a journey and i think part of it so for example there were times in 2017, 2016, when I couldn't do things and people would look at me because I didn't have any braces or whatever on. I have these uh, night splints that I occasionally have to wear for carpal tunnel, which is completely different. Like a lot of people have that. If I got together with friends, I would put on one or both of the braces just to emphasize that I'm not hundred percent. I might not have even needed them that day, but it was the only thing that concretely showed somebody, oh, she has a thing on, she's not feeling well. And then I didn't have to freaking explain myself. You know, I have a friend that has a neck brace and sometimes she just puts it on because she's like, if I have to explain to someone else why I I don't have enough spoons for this, she goes, but if I take a selfie with my neck brace on there, I'm like, oh my God, what can I do to help you? She's like, they don't know that I have anything wrong with my neck when every day I have something wrong with my neck, but I wear the, the neck brace for specific activities. She goes, but sometimes I'll just take a selfie of myself in the neck brace to be like, what the heck people, this is my normal. Because people can understand a broken foot with a cast. They can understand seeing the people walking with the boot. You got the knee scooter. Those people get all the sympathy in the world, but we go out without any braces on at all. And sometimes we need them, but let's pretend it's a day you don't. It doesn't mean you're having a good day. It doesn't mean you can now suddenly have Christmas. It just means that that particular day you're strong enough to walk from point A to point B. And tomorrow you might be in your roller scooter, your your mobility, use your mobility devices. You know, I'm lucky so far, knock on wood. I don't have mobility devices, but I've had to use a cane in the past. I've had to use the boot in the past in other situations. I had a broken foot for 10 years. I didn't even know and had surgery to get the the bone removed because my foot was apparently busted. Um, But like, 
you know, we all have our issues, but for me, you know, it's, I cooked a lot over the Thanksgiving weekend and perhaps more than I should have. And now my hands don't want to work. Well, that's my own damn fault. Cause what could I have done? I could have said to people, Hey, I'm going to make the lasagna. Can everybody bring dessert? And they would have. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, you're, you're right. It, there is, it, there is a, a vicious cycle with this illness. And I do oftentimes say that, you know, I am my own worst enemy and that, all I have to do, it, it was like last night, um, you know, we, we were talking because, you know, I had to have everybody that had the in and out and in brain put on my eye and it was bothering me and it was causing me problems last night. And it was putting pressure on my upper teeth and I wanted something to eat, but I couldn't eat. And Chris was like, you know, I'll fix you something to eat. And I'm like, yeah, I know. All I have to do is ask, but I don't feel like it. And you kind of have to get yourself out of the grumpy mood and get yourself in the mood and the mindset that it's okay to tell somebody that you're not okay. And right. And it's okay. Right. I have a reason because Chris is like, well, what's wrong? Why are you not eating? And then at times it, it's you, you rather than just keep repeating it. You're, it's yeah. So it's, it's, it's very hard to admit that, Hey, I do need to ask for help or, Hey, I do need help. I do need you to fix me this and that and the other. And, and that is on us to do, but it is hard. Oh, it is hard. And, and I find, and this might sound strange, but I find that when you're in that bad place, when you're just kind of stuck uh, feeling bad for yourself and unable to do things like that, I really find uh, a good mystery, a good thing that you need to solve, particularly an audiobook to listen to while maybe you doodle or, 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 or knit or whatever, or, or just like draw or just lay there. Um, because for me, when I noodle a problem, when I solve a problem, so for example, I just recently listened to the last thing he told me, I think is the name of it. Um, and it's a, a really good audiobook, and it's a mystery and you really don't know what happens at the end. So it's like a good punchline. Oh, cool. And you are in this thing. And I remember obsessively listening to it because I was nervous about something. So like it helped get my mind off that. And then I was able to, to, to do more things and delegate because I kind of, it takes anything that can take your mind. That doesn't have to be that it could be watching a good TV show or whatever, whatever gets your mind. Like when you feel like you're in that place where you're like, I don't want to ask for help or I'm feeling bad about myself. Try to, you know, whether it's a, I'm, Hallmark movies, yes or no, maybe that's your thing. Maybe it's a mystery. Something, be it a book, uh, a movie, talking to a friend. Get your mind off of your own problems just for even 10 minutes because that change in perspective can then help you relook at it. So maybe, you know, an hour later you can be like, you know what, I, I really do want you to make me a meal or you know what could you do me a huge favor tomorrow and vacuum the downstairs because I'm sick of sitting here on the couch that I sit on and I see the dog here everywhere and I know that I could do it but I know that if I do it I'll spend another day sitting on the couch so could you do it for me I will sometimes ask John hey do me a huge favor can you um you know do this that the other thing and he's like yeah like the dishes I could not lift the pots and pans with all the water in them um, to wash them properly because my thumbs aren't working. And I said, I know this is, I've, I've been a, a cooking fiend and it's a blessing and a curse. We have all this delicious food, but look at the pile of dishes. And he's like, I'll get to it. He had to work late. He didn't get to it. The next morning I just looked at him and he's like, no, no, no. I, I literally have a half hour before work. The dishes will be done. He did the dishes. And I was like, thank you so much because I can't do everything. Would I have pushed myself prior, done the dishes and end up having to wear the splints all day long? Yes. 
but I know I can't, you know what I mean? And, and I've come to that. But again, age 37 to age 48, 11 years where I pushed myself and didn't ask for help. And I, I ended up in bed. I ended up, you know, unable to do things and in pain and situations I shouldn't have gotten myself into. And now, you know, it's taken time, but I'm more apt to ask for help now than, than ever before in my life. Because I realize, what's the point? Why am I pushing myself for, for no reason? Yeah, you're exactly right. And that's why I like inviting you on and just having, you know, a little conversation. Because I, 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 I like having people on that I know truly have had setbacks but have pulled themselves out and it's always inspirational it's, it's infectious almost you know to know that okay you're 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 not just sitting there going okay no woe is me you're like okay let me figure this out let me go on to the next thing and, and try to do this and I'll start to do this and then slap yourself on the back of the hand when you realized you quit doing it and now you've got to get back in to doing your exercises so I was you know thinking this time of year would be a good time to kind of help spread your positivity and just the fact that you've been volunteering, been doing all of these things, been a taxi driver for your kids. You're still, you know, entertaining. You had a little flare up now. Well, I'm not just saying just a little flare up, but you had a flare up in the middle of all of this, but you still have come out with a positive attitude. And I just thought that would be a fun thing to share. So I'm, I'm so happy. You always seem to have that even on your worst days, you always. And, and thank you. Cause I mean, I think the biggest tip I want to give people is you can always, there's, you know, tomorrow's a new day. Every single day you can start over and every single day you can stop yourself when you're in the middle of doing too much and say enough. The, the, the day you're supposed to host the party and you didn't have enough energy to finish cooking, guess what? Pizza. You know what I mean? Like you do not have to do everything. The, the key is, you know, take care of yourself, give yourself permission, forgive yourself for the stuff you can't do. It's okay. And it's okay to be good enough. At the end of the day, it's the people in your lives that matter. It's not the food on the table. If you have people over for dinner and you end up getting dominoes, if you're allowed to eat that, then go ahead. You know, like it's not worth it. And, and just share the joy and talk to people on the phone. And you and I have never met in person, but we, we met online and then we started talking on the phone and, and via messenger and whatever. And, and now we, we do the podcast together. And the reality of the situation is there, you can find a friend or a buddy that understands this virtually. Even you don't have to ever meet them in real life. Hopefully you and I do, but the reality is even if we didn't, we still can commiserate, have a good laugh and realize you're not alone, which I think is the biggest message. You are not alone. Do what you can. No one is judging you. And if they are, don't be their friend because judging people are stupid. And, you know, just, just live your life and smile. You know, I smile at a lot of people and say F you in my head, but guess what? They don't need to know. Cause if they want to judge me, they can, they can, you know, whatever. That is, I, I, I could say nastier things, but I won't because it's, 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 we have like a minute left and you need to say goodbye now. So That's, bye. <laughs> I love it. No, we're going to end it with what you said. No, it's, you're right. You know, virtually we, are, I, I do, I, we are going to meet. I do know that in person, but the fact of the matter is, it's always fun having you on. I just wanted to have a conversation because like you said, 
you're not alone. We don't want people to feel alone. And your positivity is, as always, infectious. It's always appreciated. And I thank you for coming on today. It means the world to me. And I, I hope you're going to come back. We'll come up with something else to talk about again, right? <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, absolutely. We'll, we'll do something next week, maybe. Excellent. You have a wonderful day, Miss Allie Geely. You too. Coming on today. You have a great day. And that was Allie Geely's. And I thank you for being here on AWOL Zebra. Christy Lane Hanchi, AWOL Zebra. Have a lovely day.